comrades. Why is my video not there? There we go. Hello, comrades. My name is Rob. I will be your host this evening and your comrade always. Hi, I'm Trisha. I'm having some connection issues, but I'm still kind of here. Well, I, I hear you, so that's that's better than it has been lately. Um, right. So there, there's quite a few things we're going to talk about tonight. Um, I would say more than usual. Um, but, well, let me rephrase. We're going to get to what we can in roughly 90 minutes. Um, but... There is uh, quite a lot going on. Um, I guess the first thing that I want to start with is that Facebook has a special portal for government officials to request user content be throttled or suppressed for vaguely defined disinformation, according to a new report. Uh, so this article specifically was published by Business Insider. <clears throat> So it's not like some crazy, you know, left-wing conspiracy. Um, like, even the capitalist press is reporting this. Um, content about the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic, racial justice, and U.S. support for Ukraine has been targeted. I guess that would explain why <clears throat> all of us have seemingly been targeted we've been shadow banned for months and now it's it's going into like identity verification to keep your account and um all around removal of accounts and it, it seems to just be getting worse and worse so remember that you can also find us on twitter on youtube and on twitch as well as for we are many.org um and podcast platforms. That's that's one of the reasons why since day one, even though we do a lot of our live chat stuff through Facebook, even you know since day one, we've been trying to encourage people to find us on other platforms in case um, you know in, in in case our Facebook gets shut down, which my personal one has like three times in the last two weeks. Um. Social media companies are collaborating with the Department of Homeland Security's initiative against online misinformation and disinformation, according to a report from The Intercept released Monday. Um, so remember this when we talk about Cuba or China, um, you know, throttling dissidents internet access or, um, you know, cutting off the internet entirely or, um, none of the spying in, in those countries even holds a candle to what the department of Homeland security and the NSA do to us every day. And now they can literally just be like, no, we don't like that. We're going to, we're going to throttle all of your shit. Nobody's going to see a goddamn thing you're doing. Right. Um, 
Much of the DHS initiative to address disinformation remains unknown to the American people. The goals became more visible with the creation of the Disinformation Governance Board earlier this year, which had the stated goal of safeguarding the United States against threats, meaning the United States government, against threats caused by false information on matters of national security. So false information means anything that goes against the mainstream reported narrative. Um, National security obviously means business interests. That's what national security has always meant in in an American context. The department is deeply committed to doing all of its work in a way that protects Americans' freedom of speech, civil rights, civil liberties, and privacy. They've never shown any regard to Americans' freedom of speech, civil rights, civil liberties, and especially privacy. Um, So basically, there is now proof that has been published that Facebook is working with the feds to uh, manage political misinformation as, as, as defined by the regime, as defined by the oppressor. Um, specific actions remain unclear, but we already know that we're being shadow banned. And now we're literally being removed from the platform for going against the grain, for going against the narrative, for speaking the truth. And uh, I'm sure it's not just Facebook. Well, I mean, it's it's Meta, so it's not just Facebook anyway. It also would include Instagram. But I would imagine that on any major platform, that is the case. <clears throat> speaking of uh, the Pentagon... Um, sorry. Speaking of the Pentagon, they have confirmed deployment of active duty military personnel in Ukraine. Um, this article comes from the World Socialist website. Uh, U.S. Air Force Brigadier General Pat Ryder acknowledged during an official briefing, um, on Halloween that active duty U.S. military personnel are not only deployed inside of Ukraine, but are operating away from the U.S. Embassy in Kiev. The day before, an unnamed U.S. Department of Defense official said at a background briefing that U.S. personnel had resumed on-site inspections to assess weapon stock, uh, weapon stocks in Ukraine. So I have a video to share. Give me just one second here. Uh, there we go. has personnel inside of Ukraine that is that are who are doing weapons inspections now. I'm wondering what the rules of engagement for those personnel are if they are fired on by the Russians or if they are targeted by the Russians. Yeah. So um, as mentioned, uh, we do have small teams uh, that are comprised of embassy personnel that are conducting uh, some inspections of security assistance delivery at uh, a variety of locations. Uh, And again, this is part of a a broader effort um, of the U.S. government to track U.S. provided uh, capabilities and to prevent the illicit spread uh, throughout Eastern Europe. 
again, I will highlight up front, we have no indication that there has been any type of illicit spread. The capabilities that we provided to the Ukrainians are being used effectively on the battlefield. In terms of personnel uh, that are conducting these inspections, uh, my understanding is they would be well, uh, well far away from any type of frontline actions. Uh, we are relying on the Ukrainians to do that. We're relying on other partners to do that. Uh, so uh, essentially that would not be the case for, for U.S. personnel. Um, so again, that is something that will continue to, to ensure uh, you know, the safety and the welfare of our folks that are doing this. Um, the point being, they're not gonna be operating on the front lines. So basically, we do have people on the ground. They're, they keep clarifying they're not operating on the front lines. Um, but there's been suspicions for a while now that there have been special forces on the ground. Now we know that there are U.S. military on the ground, uh, actively deployed in Ukraine, um, and that they are assessing weapons stock. They are making sure that the weapons they're sending the Ukrainians are being used. That's it. Um, <clears throat> but, I mean, outside of the military guards posted at the U.S. Embassy, this is this is the first official military personnel on the ground um, since the start of the war. And I think that's significant. Mainstream media hasn't covered it at all. We literally have troops on the ground in a war. They're just waiting for Russia to attack them. And then they're going to say that it was an attack on the United States when the United States shouldn't even have people there. The United States shouldn't even have weapons there. <clears throat> uh, let's see, what else do we got? Um, so, American soldiers, including National Guard, um, have been participating in a Molotov cocktail training well, it's part of a NATO uh, riot control training that's going on in Germany. Um, but specifically, they are being trained in uh, using, or not using, um, protecting themselves from Molotov cocktails.
So, uh, obviously, we don't got to watch the whole five-minute video. Um, you get the point. They are literally being trained um, to deal with crowds that are using Molotov cocktails. And this is under the premise of crowd control, riot control, um, so I mean they're they're preparing for repression as always. That's their that's their ultimate role, right? Sorry. Um, moving on. Um, this is New York Post. Take it with a grain of salt. Elon Musk is personally moderating tweets about Brazil's elections. So that doesn't come as a surprise um, when we're when we're talking about Twitter anymore. Uh, the use of the N word uh, rose by like five thousand percent after Elon purchased Twitter. Um, yet, when people say things that criticize him or uh, disagree with him, he'll censor it. This isn't free speech. This is, well, exactly what I expected it to be. Um, Yeah, so he's been personally moderating Twitter posts related to the Brazilian election. I would imagine that he is on the side of Bolsonaro, who actually did authorize, he never said that he lost, but he did authorize the transition of power. Um, I believe that to be a dignity or pride thing. <coughs> um but he's kind of pulling a Trump. He's he's making it sound like some injustice has been had. He's been calling on his uh, his supporters to take to the streets. Um, I I don't know if I have photos or videos. I do have. I think I have both actually. Um, my computer is being a little bit laggy, so uh, bear with me here, but. Uh, let me start this over and unmute it and make it full screen. text on this next one says massive crowds are gathering outside of army bases and barracks all over Brazil calling on the military to intervene I've never seen anything quite like it before the Brazilian right is strong and it will ultimately win let me start that over 
So, I mean, this is this is kind of wild. Um, let's see what else we got here for Brazil. Um, I know that Bolsonaro's supporters have been blocking major roads and highways. Um, police in Brazil are using rubber ammunition and water cannons, um, protesters. Um, but I mean, you know, at some point something's got to be done. This video is private. What? Why did it show up in a Google search? Um, but the former leftist president, um, Lula, uh, won the presidency back from Bolsonaro. Um, so, I mean, they wanted the ballot box, but now the supporters are acting like some great injustice has happened. Uh, spurred by Bolsonaro. Um, and, I mean, we're seeing literally the same shit that we saw here in the United States with Donald Trump. see what else do we got here in Oklahoma a donut shop was hit with a Molotov cocktail after hosting a drag queen art show um, video shows an extremist in a red hat throwing a firebomb into the donut shop and leaving a note that reportedly contained hateful rhetoric um, I, I mean, I don't know why they didn't link the video here. I guess that's probably because it's HuffPost. Um, but there is a, a photo. Let's see. All right, I guess we're going into some of the good news. Um, schools are harnessing solar power in record numbers. Um, in 2014, there was about 3,750 of 130,000 schools using solar, um, reaching roughly 8,400 uh, by the end of 2021. And obviously, it's still 
still a long way to go, but making it common practice uh, is an important step in the right direction, um, especially since schools operate in the daytime when there is sun shining. Of course, that doesn't do anything to address the problematic mining of these, uh, well, component minerals. Um, but it's still a step towards not burning fossil fuels. <clears throat> anyway. Um, According to the Economic Times, the number of poor people in India fell by about 415 million between 2005 and 6 and 2019 to 21, uh, according to the UN, um, who called it a historic change. Um, and a demonstration that the sustainable development goal target of reducing at least half the population, or reducing at least by half, the proportion of men, women, and children of all ages living in poverty by 2030 is possible to achieve even at a large scale. 415 million people. That is, that is significant. Um, that being said, I mean, there's still a lot of issues in India. We saw the farmers' protests that lasted for months last year. I mean, they stormed the Red Fort in their tractors. Um, there's been a lot of communist uh, organizing in India for a very long time. Um, there are left-wing parties heavily represented in their government, uh, however. So, I mean, that probably has something to do with the historic reduction of poverty. Uh, the first female Nagoni chief in Malawi, Africa, helps end child marriage. Wow. Grown women taught girls as young as 10 how to please a man. The girls taken away from their families go into isolation for between two weeks and one month. They receive coaching on how to be a woman with a strong emphasis on sexual performance. Men immediately prey on the girls who graduate from camp. Um, this this uh, woman chief just straight up said, no, enough. We're not going to do this anymore. You're not going to marry children. Um more than 3,000 girls have been saved from banned marriage initiation camps and sexual abuse. Um, in the past, the age of consent was uh, 15 years old. Um, they they pushed the age of consent to 18. Uh, the Malawi par parliament made a historic decision to amend the minimum age of marriage. The ruling outlawed child marriages and empowered uh, the writer to authoritatively carry out her job with the backing of the law. Um, that's that's probably been a very long, ongoing struggle in that culture. But all it took was the first 
female chief to put an end to child marriage. Um, let me just a second here. I, I think that I still have, I had another video to show and I never did. I apologize. This is uh, going back to the Brazil election. I didn't realize that I missed this. By his far left. Um, so so the, the tweet says destroying democracy in America isn't enough. Tucker Carlson spreads new conspiracy theories about Brazil's presidential election. Um, of course, Fox News has always supported Bolsonaro. This isn't a surprise. Um, but I want to remind you that there is no real democracy in America. Before a single ballot is cast, the the leaders are already decided. It's a, it's always been that way. Brazil just held its presidential election. The runoff was Sunday. According to official figures, the incumbent president, Jair Bolsonaro, was narrowly defeated by his far-left convicted criminal opponent, Lula da Silva. The margin of victory is less than 2%. Now, there are a lot of questions about this election whether all the ballots were counted, for example, and Bolsonaro has not conceded. But questioning the election result in Brazil is no longer allowed there or even here. YouTube has just announced it will censor any, any posts that raise doubts about the vote total. In a statement, YouTube told us they have, quote, expanded our existing election integrity policy to prohibit content advancing false claims that widespread fraud, errors, or glitches occurred in the 2022 Brazil presidential election. Well, wait a second. The election is still ongoing. The incumbent is not conceded. How do you know the claims are, quote, false? Well, of course you don't. You are taking sides and using censorship to cement the results in place. This is propaganda. YouTube is interfering in a democratic election in a sovereign nation. How is that allowed? Well, there are also reports tonight that several Bolsonaro's supporters have been murdered in the streets. The footage is online. Obviously, all this is a major threat to democracy. But as you know, the Biden administration has not said a word about any of it. Why is that exactly? And why can't we know? Why can't an American citizen watch whatever he or she wants to? Why is YouTube trying to affect the outcome of a presidential election, a supposed democracy? Someone should ask them. Typical Tucker Carlson. I knew that I missed something, though. Um, yeah, I'm seriously concerned about uh, the state of being in Brazil. Um, So the FBI is warning of a broad threat to New Jersey synagogues and is urging caution. Um, here's, here's what NBC4 in New York is reporting so far. 
the FBI's Newark office issued a stark warning Thursday as it announced that it had received credible information about a nonspecific but wide-scale threat to synagogues in New Jersey. The FBI, <clears throat> excuse me, the FBI described the threat as broad. However, a senior law enforcement official tells News 4 New York, warning the public was done in an abundant caution. We ask at this time that you all take security precautions to protect your community and your facility. Um, we shall share more information as soon as we can. Stay alert in case of emergency. Call the police. Uh, of course, I do not agree with calling the police. We've we've been over that quite a few times. Um, they, more often than not, do not prevent crime. They don't actually protect anybody except for businesses. Etc. Uh, Etc. Et um, but the governor also tweeted about a credible threat to synagogues in New Jersey. Um, so if you are in New Jersey and attend a synagogue, be cautious. Um, This is in Scotland. A Nazi sympathizer was chased from a Scott school by fuming pupils after the extremists tried to recruit kids. Uh, why isn't the video loading? The video won't load. I guess we're not going to, I'll go to YouTube and try to find it. Nazi sympathizer Scott's school. There we go. No. Where was it? Lark Hall Academy. I'm trying to find it, but uh, no. Okay, well, I guess I can't show you that video. <clears throat> um, a Colorado train passenger looked out the window and found a missing hiker. Wow. Um, alerted the train conductor. Uh, she left the trail where she fell, breaking her leg. She spent two nights injured in the wilderness. No food, very little water, no survival gear, only shorts and a tank top. Wow. Wow. That's a bit of a feel-good story. Um... And never hesitate to help somebody. Like, seriously, 
you could save a life and you wouldn't ever expect it. Um, is there a video to this? There is. Okay. I thought there, I thought there was. So before I start diving into the article, I'm going to play you a TikTok. This is about what really happened at the Penn State um, uh, protest against the Proud Boys. see what's going on there that's why i hear it twice hold on hold on hold on hold on i made it full screen and it opened in a different tab there's a bunch of fucking pop-ups on tiktok like download the app download the desktop app no i don't want to anyway So basically, the police showed up and defended um, Gavin McInnes from a, an angry mob because the police will always defend fascists. Um. I didn't expect to get through that that quick. Usually that doesn't happen, but, uh, you know, when I have this, um, this issue of being alone. Um, so there is a video that I wanted to talk about. Um, there's a topic, I should say, that I want to talk about. So... I wanted to let everybody know that uh, the United Panther Movement classes take place on an app called Jitsi every Saturday at 12. If you want to be involved, message the For We Are Many page. We will get you the link. Um, 
It's at 12 o'clock noon Eastern time on, um, on Jitsi, as I said. And uh, we will be starting week two. Week one is available on fourwearemany.org. Um, it's hosted by Captain Africa of the New African Black Panther Party, General Secretary Patience of the New African Black Panther Party, and myself um, as the Minister of Labor of the White Panther Party. Um, so one of the topics that we will be discussing on Saturday is relevant to everything that we talk about here. Uh, we could probably do a whole piece on it, but instead I'm just going to give like a little bit, probably five minutes of my own talking and then an eight minute video of Michael Parenti talking. Um, just to kind of go over the basics of what imperialism is. Um, of, of, of course, I am a Marxist-Leninist. I will be using Lenin's breakdown of imperialism. Um, give me just one second. Ah, uh, shit. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. That's better. Um, this is straight from the, the lesson plan, hence the United Panther movement logos in imperialism, the highest stage of capitalism, Lenin sums up imperialism with these five points. One, the concentration of production and capital developed to such a high stage that it created monopolies, which play a decisive role in economic life. Now, it, it's it's more and more and more serious than it was, you know, uh, back in um, like the 1920s, you know, the, the, the big trust era, the monopoly era. Um, but it's, it's even deeper now, right? Um, the concentration of production and capital developed to such a high stage that it created monopolies. So that had, that had already happened a long time before even the, the, the roaring 20s. But that's what made them roaring. That concentration of production and capital uh, you know, went from being in the hands of several hundred people to a handful of people. And then, well, we had antitrust legislation that kind of broke it up uh, a little bit. And as that has been rolled back, um, because that's what happens to reforms, um, we are back at that point again. Two, the merging of bank capital with industrial capital and the creation on the basis of this finance capital of a financial oligarchy. Um, once again, we, as the United States, have been there for well over 100 years. Um, it was already true in Lenin's time. Of course, uh, America wasn't the imperialist power at that point, but it was an imperialist power. Um, number three, the export of capital, which has become extremely important, is dist distinguished from the export of commodities. 
Uh, number four, the formation of international capitalist monopolies, which share the world amongst themselves. Um, multinational corporations that control our food supply would be uh, a primary example. Um, you know, just as a quick, like off the top of my head example. Um, but it's, it's not just true in food. It's true across industries. There's always these huge multinational brands who own several subsidiaries. So that way, no matter what you're buying at the store, you're buying from one of like three companies at the end of the day. <clears throat> um, and number five, the territorial division of the whole world amongst the greatest capitalist powers is completed. Um, that's still ongoing, but it's been completed for a very long time. Um, basically, uh, the Western powers gathered in, Ber in Berlin at one point and decided that the uh, world should be divided up among the capitalist powers. Um, that kind of ties into neocolonialism, which we talked about in last week's class. Again, that's unforwearemany.org. You are more than welcome to, um, you know, go on there and watch it. Contact uh, the New African Black Panther Party page or the United Panther Movement page or the For We Are Many page if you want to participate in the class, uh, become a member of the UPM and start organizing on the ground where you are with the UPM or as the UPM. Um, imperialism, as Lenin understood it, is much more than just using economic or military force against another nation. It is a specific and final development of the capitalist system. That's where we are. That's where we've been for 150 years, basically. Since the Industrial Revolution, that's where we've been. Um, and then this is the Michael Parenti video. The book I just uh, wrote is called The Face of Imperialism, and it argues that U.S. global policy around the world is not inept, it's not bungling, it's not messianic, it's not driven by mistaken presumptions and the like. I argue that U.S. foreign policy is rational, it's successful, and it's very consistent. It just does not serve the interests of the people in the, in the countries that it goes to, and it does not serve the interests of the American people. The goal of U.S. foreign policy is to support all those countries, leaders, and movements that welcome in multinational corporate investors, that open up their land, their labor, their markets, and their natural resources to the expropriation and exploitation by these rich people. And the other goal of U.S. policy, it's the other side of the same goal, really, is to is to obliterate or wipe out or undermine any leader, political movement, or nation that tries to, to develop its own land, labor, and resources for itself that is self-defining and self-developing. Those countries are demonized. Their leaders are demonized. Uh, the American people are told that they are a mortal threat to our safety and our security, and they therefore have to be done in. And, and that is the consistent policy. We see that today in the Middle East, where U.S. leaders 
<clears throat> U.S. leaders gave full support to a dictator like Mubarak, who, uh, in Egypt, who did very little for the Egyptian people, who accumulated great wealth, who um, brought in the IMF, um, uh, who opened the country to big, rich foreign investors, who collaborated in a policy supporting uh, Israeli expansionism and the like. Uh, whereas a dictator like Gaddafi did the opposite. He kicked out the oil companies, he nationalized the oil, he set up social programs for free education, housing, and medical care. He started a wondrous development of aquifer water being shipped up from the southern parts of Libya up to the population areas to be used for the populations and for agriculture, uh, tapping into about a thousand years of water. He refused to have the uh, IMF come in and, and the foreign banks and all. Now, after 30 years of rule, he got very frightened when he saw the de terrible destruction affected upon Iraq. So Gaddafi started making concessions. He did S SAPs, which are structural adjustment programs, which means cut back in human services for the people. But still, much of Libya was still in this kind of socialist program. Uh, he brought in some oil companies and consortiums, but he, but, but it sti he di he still was not throwing the country completely wide open. So now that what they're doing is, under the guise of a humanitarian war, they're destroying him and his supporters, and Libya will be taken over by these people, jihadists and monarchists and CIA operatives and the like. Um, who will take over the country and open it up to free market plunder. The very same thing that was done to Yugoslavia, where a country that was a decent social democracy was bombed for 78 days by Bill Clinton, and many of our progressive friends stood shoulder to shoulder with the CIA, NATO, and the major media, and the White House, and the Pentagon, and, uh, and Yugoslavia was broken up into a cluster of right-wing little republics. My book also talks about how the empire operates. The American empire sees two kinds of nations, those that are vassals and satellites <clears throat> and follow U.S. programs, sometimes called allies <clears throat> or client states, and those that refuse to. And the ones that refuse to are seen as enemies or potential enemies. Iraq was considered an enemy uh, and a power that had to be dealt with, and then it would be called a regional power. Now the same term is being used for Iran. Iran may emerge as a regional power, and this makes it a little more terrifying. They may have um, nuclear power at their command. So once, once you frighten the American public, once you demonize the leaders of these countries, then you have license to bomb their people and bomb their infrastructures and destroy their countries. And, and this is what we're getting. Um, so there are these satellite countries, and then there are the countries that try to chart an independent course, out, getting out from under this global empire and trying to use their land, labor, resources, and capital in ways that are serviceable to their own people. 
Those countries are potential enemies, especially if they're such a size like Russia, India, or China, especially China. We saw Hillary Clinton get up before a congressional committee and say, the U.S. is losing the information war. I didn't know it was a war. I thought information was something to enlighten people, not to capture them and um, envelop them, you know, and, and indoctrinate them with... And she starts talking that there's Russia today and France 24 and uh, Al Jazeera. And, and now, and then she said, almost shrill, she said, and China is building a global news network in English. And, 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 I'm, and I'm saying, that will be interesting. We'll get another perspective. We'll get coverage of all sorts of stories that were not covered before. We'll have... It, we'll have a, We'll have another viewpoint from which to to play against the, the 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 ones that we've been fed since the beginning, but she sees it as a threat. So so there there's the there's what the empire is about. It's about controlling people everywhere in the world, at home and abroad, giving them as little as possible, so that the few at the top will get as rich as possible. The hungrier you are, the poorer you are the harder you will work for less and less. And so that's, um, that's, what the, that's what the world is all about, unfortunately. And for you to think that our leaders are stupid, for you to think that the people who own this world, the people who have built hundreds and hundreds of military bases and uh, controlling and getting people to kill other people to advance and protect the interests of this top elite, if you think these people are stupid, you're being a bit stupid. If you think your leader is stupid because he mispronounces certain words, you're being stupid. If you think your leader is enlightened and intelligent and has your interest at heart because he doesn't mispronounce words and he's a smooth and articulate speaker, you're being stupid also. So the book is for stupid people to read and, and get enlightened and advance their consciousness. The book is also for intelligent people to read who want confirmation and want to see how this is brought home and how it weaves together. So, um, yeah, just... Uh, if you're interested in um, participating in the um, Panther education classes, um, as I was saying, just contact the For We Are Many page or the New African Black Panther Party uh, Facebook page or the United Panther Movement. Facebook page. Um, I'm going to move into Europe a little bit. Um, European countries are facing strikes and protests due to high energy prices and mounting cost of living. We have been kind of consistently covering this um, because I, I think that this is an organic uh, frustration that workers have, and I would like to see it become more focused. 
and become more revolutionary. But anyway, uh, Britain's Royal Mail on November 1st said uh, members of its largest union, the Communication Workers Union, will conduct two 48-hour strikes in late November and early December in the run-up to Christmas. A British workers union said on Wednesday it had secured a 10% pay increase for more than 900 bus workers in East London uh, from Stagecoach Group amid a surge in cost in living. Um, on Tuesday, a different workers union, uh, British workers union, said it, 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 it had secured a 12.5% pay deal for 1,000 beer delivery drivers from logistics company GXO, canceling strikes that were planned in the run-up to the Soccer World Cup finals. <clears throat> and um, British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak was challenged by an elderly patient in a London hospital on October 28th who told him it was a pity the government did not pay nurses more and he must try harder. The largest nursing union has become vote, begun voting on taking strike action in, in a dispute over pay, which is lagging, soaring inflation, um, which is the, the biggest ballot in its 106-year history. Around 45% of France's oil refining capacity remains offline following strike action last month, but supply is set to improve as one major refinery is back on stream, while another is due to return to full capacity by the end of the week. The restart of ExxonMobil's 140,000 barrel per day Fossumer oil, oil refinery in France should be completed by the end of the week, uh, a company spokesperson told Reuters after a weeks-long strike ended in mid-October. France's EDF has formally signed a wage agreement for its workers in the country with all unions present at the company, it said on October 27th. Uh, Germany. Unions across Europe's uh, biggest economy are demanding higher wages in light of rising inflation. Why aren't we doing this here? We need to do this here. And it needs to be across the board, and it needs to be organized in an across-the-board way like it is in, well, parts of most of Europe. Um, German trade union IG Metal Kust said it had called on several thousand workers to strike on Tuesday at 15 sites, including Airbus and Hamburg. Uh, Lufthansa and the UFO union have reached an agreement to increase the salaries of 19,000 cabin crew members uh, according to the German airline on Tuesday. German carmaker Audi is in favor of offering employees one-off tax-free payments instead of permanent wage increases. Wow, out of touch. And then workers at Azul Handling in Spain, which is a ground handling company serving, serving servicing Ryanair in 22 Spanish airports, called off a plan to hold several 24-hour strikes between October 28th and January 8th to demand better working conditions. Uh, doesn't say why. Huh. That's, that's interesting. Um, but these, these protest movements have organically sprung up, well, really all across the world, but especially across Europe over the past few months. Um, the whole world is dealing with these same issues, inflation, cost of living, corporate greed, political repression. These are across the issue or across the board issues uh, anywhere that capitalism has 
a foothold, which is most of the world. Um, I don't know. That's really all I got. Um, now, I want to invite you all into, well, I guess into my mind. Um, we are, we paused our Patreon for a month. Um, it may end up getting paused for a second month, but it may not. Um, but some of the things that we were supposed to have been doing for the patrons, we're going to be doing publicly facing for a little bit. Um, just to make up for the fact that we weren't getting it done. Um, but we do want to do a Q and a, um, sometime this month, we want to do another movie watch along sometime this month. Give us suggestions, uh, shoot questions, uh, for we are many podcast at gmail.com. That's the best way to make sure that we get your questions and that we don't lose them. Um, and yeah, that's it. Um, next week we should be back to Tuesday. Sorry about the lack of communication on what day this would be taking place this week. Um, and of course, thank you for joining. Well, me, I guess. Uh, um, also we're going to go back to, not that this means anything to you as the viewer, because we will still be streaming to the same platforms, but we are going to be recording um, a little bit differently than we have been for about the past year to try to make it easier for not just for Trisha, but also for other people to join from a cell phone or where they don't have great service. So um, once again, thank you for joining us. Keep an eye on forweareMany.org. Keep an eye on our Facebook um, and see you next week or see you Saturday at the Hassan Shakur education course. Thanks. Have a good night. Get him out of when it's all the devil's gone Get him out of when it's all the devil's gone
safe. We have happy exits. Just don't worry about it. Learn how to use my...